Welcome into Defeating the Curse, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, May 14th. The sun is shining. All is right in the Washington, D.C. area, the sports capital of the world. And ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is in serious business jeopardy because we are defeating the curse left and right here, okay? In the span of one week, okay, our hockey team has basically exploded, has defeated their arch nemesis, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and have just steamrolled their way into the beginning of the Eastern Conference Finals, and it looks like they're on a collision course um, to, to Lord Stanley's trophy here, and nothing can stop them. And then you turn to baseball, and our Washington Nationals are red-hot winners of 13 of their last 15 games. They are the hottest thing in baseball outside of the Yankees, Stanton, Judge, and that disastrous, awful team, which actually comes into town on Tuesday and Wednesday for what should be an incredible two-game series. With me on the podcast, we got the full squad here to talk all things Nats, MLB, Caps, Hockey, Curse, whatever you want. Uh, let's go around the table. Everyone say hello. Hello, Matt. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, hey, nice week nothing, to... You got nothing to say because the Mets... Nice week to be in D.C., <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's, that's window dressing right there. We just bring him on for the window dressing, okay, because the Mets are, are garbage. Uh, who else do we got on the Nats side? Sit home. Freddie. Uh, that's Doc to you. And second of all, it's great to be a DC fan right now. I'm not even a hockey guy, but I'm so excited for these caps. That's right. You'll be, uh, where are you sitting tomorrow night for the Yankees game? Uh, section one, hold on. 128. Hit me up in the outfield. Eklund, uh, judge the, the whole game. Very good. Very good. We also, we also got, uh, Anthony Reale. How are you? What's going on, guys? What's up, DC Sports? A lot is. DC Sports And bring it in the rear, okay? Our fearless captain, Joe. Great to see you again, as always. You got to be eating some crow right now. So I'll just let you jump in and, and apologize to the DC world. Uh, okay, okay. Yes, the caboose is loose. I'll, I'll eat a little bit of crow. The Nats, 13 of 15. They're outscoring everybody by essentially a 2-1 margin. I think 70, uh, 69 or 70 to 34, 35, something like that. So they are streaking, and they look good. And I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they went into Arizona and they picked off four. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they do against the Yankees. And frankly, your intro there, I'm not used to being in the passenger seat, but I, I kind of like it. Uh, I, I like, uh, you know, I like sitting shotgun or maybe even in the back seat and just kind of steering from back here, but... I'll tell you what, DC right now is on a little bit of a heater, uh, the opposite of our joint uh, Bovada account, but that's for another day and time. But, but. We're going to get into legalized betting, okay? We no, got yeah, to. Yeah. We, well, we got won't to. Won't be needed anymore. Won't we, be needed anymore. We, we got to talk about that. But let's let's talk specifically here for a second about these Nats because I didn't see this coming. And frankly, you know, we can go back to the tape. I don't think any of you guys saw this coming either. Not Not 13 of 15. You know, this is this is a really special team all of a sudden. And not special that they're gonna win everything, but special in that they're showing some resilience. You could I mean if if you didn't know if 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 I didn't say I was talking about the Nats, I could be talking about the Caps right now. A team where expectations were somewhat pointed at the beginning of the season, but the Nats right now are, are looking good. Stud pitching is I mean, pitching is everything in baseball these days, but they're hitting too. And I think Bryce is officially now moved out of that first spot. Am I am I correct? He's no longer a batting lead, but Mark Reynolds comes onto the team. I think he was signed to, and, and I'll go to Matt the Met on this one. I think he was signed back last month to a minor league deal. You know, 
you got to give Rizzo a lot of credit here. It's not it's not often that a thirty something year old guy with forty plus homers to his name uh, in a season just hits the market. But he signs him, he brings him in, he says, you know, we want you to be part of something special, minor league deal. They call him up, and of course he goes to, he goes home to Arizona or to his former team. And last night just looked looked great. You know, put them ahead, Matt. I mean, you watch a lot more baseball than I do. Is does he have a permanent spot in this lineup in your opinion? No, I mean not not anymore. Mark Reynolds is a is a good major league baseball player. You sound so sad. You sound so sad. Yeah, I know you know. Okay, Mark Reynolds up in Queens right now. Okay, but all like, look, here's the thing. Mark Reynolds is a professional, and the guy's gonna come in. He's gonna get his hits. The guy's got 1,200 career hits. Like he's not like it's not like it's a guy who's just coming off the the scrap heap. Okay, yes, minor league deals. You know what? That's the way of the world now. You know, there's a lot of Jose Bautista signed for for a minor league deal or or league minimum, right? Came to the break. So what I'm saying is that there are there are lots of good professional guys who just aren't getting because the the wave is bring up guys young, bring them up early, as we're seeing with the Braves, as we saw with the Nationals with Trey Turner and some of the other guys that they've brought up. So when you find a guy like Mark Reynolds to come in to help you fill some of your holes, right? But Mark Reynolds was one night, and yeah, like what he did last night was pretty pretty great. So kudos to him, but. The season thus far has not. The story's not Mark Reynolds, so we've already given him way more time, I think, than he than he likely deserves. But here's what we know about the Nationals: they have the pitching, they have the lineup, they have the defense. These guys, these guys are supposed to win the NL East. They're supposed to look this good, and they. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't think they were going into Arizona to take four, and that's exactly what they did. And they they actually, though they're in third place right now in the East, I mean, they sent a message that they're still the team to beat in the NL East. As we all said back in April, right? So I really don't like again. Like there aren't surprises, um, but at the same time, it's nice to see the Nats play good baseball, as I think all of you wanted to see. Um, so yeah, I, Mark Reynolds, nice story. That's not your season, obviously. I mean, what Bryce Harper is doing, what Matt Adams is all of a sudden he's found his swing, he's found his groove. You know, I mean, a guy like that to step in. Yeah, Steve. I mean, like what what have you been seeing? And I, well, been well. Let me bring in the doc and reality here, okay? Because give me the one key to this Nats turnaround that you've seen, okay? And I know there's a bunch of different things. We talked about starting pitching. We talked about guys off the bench. Give me one key that turned this team from an 11-16 and 16 team to a 24-18 and 18 team uh, in the span of look, two weeks. It, it, it's got to be the starting pitching. I mean, if you look at this rotation, and it's not even just the guys that you expect and Scherzer and Strass. Like, one through five, starting pitching has been unbelievable, I mean, we had Jeremy Hickelson take perfect game into the seventh inning. Like what? Like, like it's 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 not it's not been it's not been offense that's you know propelled this team to thirteen out of fifteen. By far, it's been the starting pitching. Well, how can you say that though? Because they they hit seven. They're they're outscoring opponents two to one. So it, it is a little bit of the bats too, right? I mean, it, you can't just say it's only the pitching. Pitching is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, they're giving up two and a half runs a game in this stretch, and um, to build on um, Freddie's point and to bring in some relief, I think it's been the relief pitching. It's uh, you know the the bullpen's been been having a great season um, the last two weeks, or sorry, great last two weeks, not a great season. They hadn't been having a great season up until this point. Um, they're coming in, they're shutting down guys, they're matching up, they're lefties on lefties and righties on righties. Uh, Kinsler gave up a couple runs um, last night, but he'd been dominant for the last three weeks. Uh, Madsen's getting his groove back. Doolittle just throws one pitch and nobody seems to be able to hit it, sort of like uh, Mariano Rivera back in the day. 
Um, so I, I mean, it's been That's a little crazy. But okay. <laughs> well, I didn't well, say well, I didn't say his well, Mariano Rivera. I'm saying he's using one. That's exactly what to, you just said. No, uh, well, well, reality, reality. No, 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 reality. Stand by your comment, okay? Don't, don't he's wait not for Mariano the show, okay? John, John Heyman, John, John, John Heyman, or whatever from from MLB.com wrote an article saying Sean Doolittle at this moment could be the best closer in all of baseball. He is perfect on the season, and you're right. They cannot hit the 96, 97 mile an hour stop, high stop. fast. Best right now doesn't mean best ever. And Matt keeps no, giving us the finger. Ever, hold right, on, right, hold on. on. Matt keeps giving Gentlemen. us the finger. Yes, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, okay, let me okay, let me add some numbers. AJ Ramos, right, man? Okay, uh, AJ Ramos. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. Look, we get it. All right, like we get it. Like baseball, baseball is a long season, gentlemen. It wasn't two weeks ago. You, we had some tears, I think, coming from Joe. All right, so look, Nats right now second in strikeouts in the league to only the Astros, who've had the most dominant pitching staff like all, all season. Second in whip, second, uh, fourth in team ERA, third in the National League. Uh, so to say, Joe, that pitching isn't what's carrying them is to not pay attention to what's really happening. The only reason the Nats didn't fall behind any further than they were was because of their great pitching. And it's only coming now with the with the with the bats starting to heat up that now you've got now you've got the semblance of the team that you were expecting. And again, still don't have Daniel Murphy. Obviously, Adam Eaton's out for the season with the injury. So that, I mean, that's a bummer, but like the Nats are going to figure it out. And one thing we touted from the very beginning of the season was their team depth, right? And they've got a good GM and they've got, they know how to get the right pieces in to fill some holes to carry you through what is a long season. At the same time, Bryce Harper's average is still like 230s or 240s, right? He's not a 230, 240 hitter. The guy's closer to 280 or 290 career hitter. So they've been finding a way to score a lot of runs. But when Matt Adams comes in or the guys that are Trey Turner is getting on base, this team's going to look differently. But be, make no mistake about it. It's been Scherzer. It's been Tanner Rourke. It's been Strasburg. It's been all of them trying to emulate Scherzer as well as they can. And they're doing a great job. And the back of the bullpen has really, really done their job. And they, I mean, like, be impressed because this is what the Nats are going to look like for most of the Steve, let me, let, me ask you, hold on, let, me, let me ask you a question here about this pitching. So where where is Joe Ross, right? I know they got him penciled in for what? Uh, August return, maybe? Maybe? August. I'm just curious. Is anyone is anyone following up on him? Does he yes. have a spot on this so team the, when he so comes the back normal, So I heard Rizzo say recently, the normal timeline for a guy who had Tommy John is they have um, August circled on the calendar. For him to come back, whether he's going to go straight to the starting pitching your fifth starter, or whether he's going to go to the bullpen, maybe provide some like long arm relief that you know remains to be seen. I don't think well, you're going to see Joe Ross this year. If I, I, I don't think you. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see him either, especially with the way Helix is pitching. But and and that leads me to, okay, most of us here agree starting pitching has really been keeping this team in games, winning games for them, keeping them kind of alive during this this kind of cold streak uh, where they're not scoring as many runs as we'd like, but let's even drill deeper. I mean, Maxwell M Scherzer is best pitcher in, in major league baseball right now. That's not unexpected. What is unexpected is what the back of that starting rotation is doing. What Gio Gonzalez is doing for the second season in a row. I will eat some crow on this one. I know there's several others on this podcast that will eat crow as well. What Tanner is doing and what Helixson is doing for six innings, I know he can't go past six, but what he's doing for the thing is so impressive, especially when you think, and I know you shouldn't think about this because then you start peeing your pants, when you think about A.J. Cole, 
And we shouldn't mention that name because that's a bad name. But if you think they cold taking the bump every fifth day, I mean, how much worse does this team look? The reason they're able to sustain 13 out of 15 wins is because you're getting a quality start in that fifth uh, 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 starter. So, I mean, big props to Geo Tanner and uh, uh, Jeremy Hellickson. I mean, this, this, what they're doing, I think, and I have no stats in front of me to back this up, I think Strasbourg has the highest ERA on this team in those, in those five starters. You would be correct. You would be correct in that, actually. Incredible. Um, you're sleeping on two things, guys. One, uh, we talked about this two weeks ago. Um, you know, they were in Arizona and they were in San Diego. It was 75 and sunny. I mean, that's that's what the we weather. talked about. Oh, the weather, say, weather guy. We the weather. Here comes the weather guy. We talked about two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, um, so guy. remember, Joe, we predicted that they'd start winning once it got warmer, and lo and behold, it's been 75 and sunny for the last six days, and they've won five games. Can I just say, weather, um, weather guy not, is the worst. Weather guy is like before or after <laughs> taxes guy. Th- that's your job moving forward. You're going to predict wins and losses based on the weather moving forward. Um, the second thing is um, with this team, I think the most um, important key to this team has been Davey Martinez. And I know Joe disagrees and I know Joe doesn't like Davey Martinez, but I think you could see the team just rallying around Davey. Um, they're playing for him when Harper hit bombs, when he was in the lead off spot, he'd give, he'd give big hugs to Davey and to Matt Adams and all those guys. I know that sounds stupid, but I mean, a manager is supposed to keep you loose, keep you um, honest. He's supposed to, you know, know when you need a day off and when you can go. And um, Davey has been that. And, you know, you can say he pulls Helix in too soon or he doesn't give his starters enough depth, um, you know, to go seven or eight innings, but the team's winning. So you can't really argue the results. Can I, can I get, look, look, there's, there's, look, I, uh, I'll just say that there's larger forces at play for this Nazis. What's really driving. What are you going religious on? No, just listen to me. what's really driving the Nats. Great. All lately is the caps. Like, we, we can't deny that. Like, this team oh has been the God. biggest supporter of the Caps. Okay, some of that good, like, some Mojo. of that, you know, karma is rubbing off on the Nats, and both teams will see a championship this year. Can we do an analytics when all of the listeners that were listening just completely dropped just, off? Yeah, just dropped off. Uh, I, I do want to actually like looking ahead for a moment here. Like, look, the Nats have hit the Nats have hit a really nice sort of you know part of their schedule here. Outside of the Yankees coming in, obviously, which is going to be a fun two game series. Joe, don't try to read anything into it. It doesn't mean anything whether they get swept or sweep. Well, it it, it really doesn't a mean anything. Little right, like these are two teams that could potentially see each other. October. But what I'm saying is two games in the middle of May don't mean really don't mean anything. It's just fun it just, for the fans. Yeah. Like I, it just you know, means uh, we beat AJ Cole's new, new team. That's all that means. That's really exactly. <laughs> but look, after that, you've got the Dodgers who are reeling. The Dodgers just got swept by the Reds in Los Angeles. All right. You've got the Dodgers who are reeling. You've got the Padres coming in and you've got the Marlins and Orioles following that. Now, don't give me Battle of the Beltway step. The Orioles are a terrible team. The Marlins are a bad team. The Dodgers are struggling. The Padres are bad. Like, the Nats have hit such a soft spot in their schedule. They could really pad their schedule. with. They, I, there's no reason to think they can't go 9-1 and one in their next 10 games again and really kind of pad their, pad their, uh, their uh, record. Lead. It would be a, lead over the Mets. Well, no, yes, they have a lead over the Mets. Yes. So they'd be okay. padding like, their lead over the Mets. Like I'm supposed to, okay. 
Hey, there's the Braves and Phillies ahead of them, all right? Like, and, and kudos to, to Tony, by the way, for calling that out. I kind of scoffed at it last week, last time we were on. Like, the Braves, the Braves are doing something that's really kind of cool and unique and special, and I think everybody needs to pay attention. Their top of the lineup is so awesome and so fun to watch. The Phillies have surprised me, to be honest with you. I knew that they put a veteran team together, but I didn't think they were going to look this good this early. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, going back to the Nats, my last comment on this. I see nine and one out of the next 10 games potentially. Yeah. And I think you guys can, can like, you'll be sitting pretty in the NL East by the end of. Well, May. that's, that's a good segue. Okay. Let's go around the, the, the room right now. And the Nats will be in first place by when let's go. Uh, Hold on, time out, time out. Aren't they technically tied for lead in the NL overall right now? I don't know. The Nats right now are a game and a half back of the Braves. Uh, and Philly is number two, which is a game out of the Braves. So they're half they're game tied. Behind the, they're tied for the National League lead in wins. I so I want to go so first. I, I like Matt's prediction of nine and one over their next ten, and on the heels of that ten game stretch, I think they get the Braves and then they get the Rays. So uh, let's say within a week. I'll say within a week, plus or minus four days, five days. Doc. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the Braves are going to go away that easily, to be honest. I feel like the they're going to trade first place with the Braves for a while. Um, so I would say probably until the All-Star break. I see those two teams going one and two, and they could be interchangeable, to be honest. All-Star Reality. break's too late. Yeah. Uh, well, the Braves play the Cubs this week, so mm-hmm. you know, who knows what's going to happen. Braves have had a cookie. Braves have had a, a They, have, they have had a very easy schedule. They've played the Marlins the like 17,000 yeah. times. Um, yeah. I say by the weekend, the Nats are in first place. But like like Doc said or Freddie said or whatever we want us to call you, um, I think it's going to be a race, and I don't think it's going to be um, that easy. They're not going to win by 17 or 20 games this year. I think it's going to be by five or six, and I think as you saw with the Capitals, um, that's going to be great for the team because it's going to allow them to battle and to, to play well in September because they're going to have to earn it, and they're not just going to be given the division this year. So, um, yeah, they'll be in first place, and they'll probably stay there the whole season, but it won't be as easy as previous years. Matt, yeah, Matt so the Mets, what, what, what date will the Mets hit rock bottom? Uh, the Mets aren't going to hit rock bottom. Like, I'm not going to pull the Nats. Yes, I want to be a, a scared Mets fan, as I probably should be, but the Mets aren't going to hit rock bottom. The Mets are just four games out of the lead of the division. Like, let's not overblow things. The Nats were seven games out of the lead two <laughs> weeks ago. It doesn't mean anything right now, okay? But what I will tell you, I've got the Braves going about 500 over the next 10 games looking at their schedule. So with that, I think by by Memorial Day, the Nats will be in first place, and they'll be there to stay. I do think it'll be a fun race. I think the Braves and Phillies are fun to watch, honestly. Like, I didn't think I wanted to tune in to watch those guys, but now I do. And I think the Mets will figure it out. They'll right the ship. They haven't gotten much from their back of the, the, the rotation starters. Uh, but Wheeler and Mats have actually looked better over their last two starts. So there's something to hang on to. Uh, DeGrom looked good, but he had a massive 45-pitch first inning. So they pulled him. And you know what? Like, it was a game I wish they didn't give up. But I think they did the right thing to want to preserve him over. The guy's got a 1.87 ERA going into, like, coming into yesterday's game. So... Uh, he and Syndergaard at the top, they're going to figure it out. The Mets are not collapsing. Their lineup's going to start hitting. You've got a four-team race in the NL East at least till at least till the All-Star break. I think it's going to be fun. After the All-Star break, I think things will 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 play out more. So <coughs> interesting. I want to I want to piggyback on that actually because Matt Matt made a good point, right? Like the NL East, you have four teams over 500. Uh, 
Braves, Phillies, Nats, and Mets. The Central is the only other division that has four teams of 500 or better, right? And that's the uh, the Brewers, Cardinals, Pirates, and Cubs. All the other divisions in the majors have either two or a few of them have three teams, but it looks like the NL East and the Central are going to be tighter than expected. I mean, the Cubs should improve from their current 21 and 16 mark, but you look specifically, you know, we don't talk a whole lot about the American League, but if you look at the, across the American League, there isn't a team, with the exception maybe of the Astros, that looks really um, consistent, maybe is the best word to say. You know, I, I certainly you can the make Red a case Sox. for the, well, the Red Sox have been very consistent all season. I mean, they're, and, and, and sure. Okay, go ahead. And the Yankees have kind of had their Nats moment, too. I mean, the Yankees became what we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Once the weather got better and Stanton started hitting, I know, I know you hate it, okay? But they went 17-1 and in 18 games, okay? And they, then they faced the Red Sox and took two out of three out of, or three out of four from that series. I don't remember. Um, so, the, look, you've got, you've got some dominant teams on the AL side. The Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros, they're going to be there. The Angels are a really fun team to watch with the best player in baseball, Michael Trout. And then you've got um, you've got Shohei Otani, who's been really cool. And, and like, and it's been fun to watch, and I'm glad that he's doing what he's doing. He had another nice outing yesterday, six innings plus. Um, and Cleveland's, Cleveland's Cleveland. Everybody's sleeping on Cleveland, but they were two, two years removed from the World Series, and I think they're one of the best teams in the AL. So, yeah, the AL probably has less. The, the I think the wild card in the AL is going to go pretty straightforward. I think the NL wild card is going to be a fun race to watch over the rest of the season. Matt, Matt, can we get some hard-hitting news? Can you confirm or deny the headline today that Jay Bruce apparently celebrated being traded away from the Mets by conceiving a child? Only to come back and leave them when the child is born, when the three-game series against the Phillies, when they probably could have used his bat. Yeah, maybe. You know, like, I know it's not, you know. Uh, there's probably some credence to that. Yeah, sure. Why hey, ev- like, everyone celebrates in their own way. So good for Jay Bruce. Okay, <laughs> good for Jay well. Bruce, man. We're happy okay. for him until he comes we'll, back. We'll, we'll be on the Matt Harvey uh, baby watch here soon. Okay. <laughs> Nine months, <laughs> yeah, baby. Matt Harvey going four Let's... clean innings, right? I mean, that's uh, with the Reds in his first start on Friday. So, uh, yeah, he'll turn it around, man. He's not partying. The downtown Cincinnati uh, is not really much. <laughs> downtown Cincinnati is one let's, depressing let's, place. Let me tell you. It's still let's, cold let's, in Cincinnati. Hamilton County is poo-poo. Still cold. Yo, let's, let's get out on this. I'm going to save Caps. I'm assuming you're going to record something Caps later. Yeah, we could talk about them now. But, yes, there's a Caps podcast coming in about uh, two, three hours from now. Let's go to some bigger news than Caps or Nats is congratulations to all professional sports bettors. Uh, the Supreme Court has overturned uh, the case against sports betting and, and uh, making it illegal. So it is now up to the states. So here's hoping that Ted Leonsis and his uh, uh, D.C. lobbying group get to sports betting here. Um, is that a big deal for everyone? Just me? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the biggest thing I miss about the U.K. is like over there, there's a sports book on every block. Yeah, man, hold on. Like it was ridiculously Freddy, easy Freddy, they're, to bet they're degenerates there. in the UK because they're like you said, you can bet on everything. You can bet on uh, the the referee's eye color. You can bet on all kinds of nonsense in the UK. I mean, it's, you say it's, that like it's a bad thing. No, I, it, it is like a bad thing because that that's the degenerate way of gambling. But regular sports gambling, like sports book, like the stuff that we like to do on certain websites using certain other websites to guide our picks. Yeah, I mean, look, my thing is real simple. It's not. It should never been a federal thing. It's just a state thing. And even as a state thing, 
uh, you know, if you're over 18 and you can join the military, you're over 18, you can go play professional sports. If you're over 18, you want to throw away your money or risk it at a at a craps table or a poker table or on on sports. It's your it's your call. You do what you need to do or what you want to do. So I like that it got pushed down. I don't think we'll see it in Virginia specifically. I think Virginia's still a little bit too red overall. But I mean, Maryland. Look, I can get to a casino within I don't know inside of maybe fifteen minutes over at the MGM at the National Harbor. So it is a big deal. To me, it is a big deal, but I don't think specifically in Virginia we're going to see it. But D.C. is a whole other ball game, and I think Leon says you, you hit the nail on the head. He's been trying to do this for a while, and there's a lot there's a lot of national momentum behind this specifically. Um, I mean, Clay Travis was in D.C. not even two months ago to hear the, uh, the opening arguments of that case, and the Supreme Court knocking it down back to the state level, it's a big deal. Uh, maybe more so for us who actually pay attention to politics and things of that nature living in this city, but I think it's a big deal. Well, I, I think the, the biggest deal is I think people that are doing the biggest jump, uh, uh, you know, flips and all that are on Park Avenue at the NFL offices because I think we all agree that the NFL, uh, you know, among most of the professional sports was on the decline severely. And I think this will change that trajectory. I think the NFL is back in business when they will start finding ways. I mean, attendance in stadiums was at its lowest percentage, you know, you know, it's crazy how much the, it was on the decline. So I think now when they start changing stadiums into sports entertainment arenas with sports books all over the place, that'll fuel a lot more uh, attendance numbers and interest in the league. So I think the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, I think the professional sports, especially when they find out how to take a cut of the, the revenue, uh, they're going to be doing somersaults over this announcement. Yeah. That's really the big thing, I think, Steve, that you hit, is the leagues are going to make a lot more money on this, whether the, the leagues, the teams, the, 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 the ones who get on. Adam Silver's already been set, had said, yeah, if there's legal betting, I want in on it, and I want the league to, to make money off of it. It's kind of like the legalizing marijuana situation, in all honesty. It's like, though I don't necessarily agree with it, I think like it's going to – like controlling it controlling it might be sometimes the best, the best way to, 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 to do it. So um, – it, it'll be interesting. I think. I think too. Like what you know, the people who are who now have their hands tied are kind of those illegal betters, the guys who used to try to sell off to buy refs and and those things. Like the what was the the Donaghy, right? The, that Tim guy, Donaghy. the guy who was Tim Donaghy. Like so, what I'm saying is, I think by legalizing it, you sometimes maybe you you kind of cripple that be under you know black market sort of gambling, and I think potentially that makes the games cleaner and makes the games better uh, because people are seeing a more sort of quote unquote, real or natural product. But I think it's still too soon to say, but what I'm saying, the all, the states should be happy because there's revenue coming in and then the leagues are happy because there's more revenue coming in. And I think that's, that's, um, that's more really money all line. around. But, but hold on. Yeah, but, but there is another, there is another, that's right. You know, hail the chief. <laughs> there is another side to this argument though. There's a really good book called straight flush about, uh, a bunch of fraternity donks that started uh, worldpoker.com or .net or whatever it was back in the day in the late 90s, early 2000s. If you remember, online poker was like the thing, and it was crazy, and everybody was playing, even though it was, you know, air quotes here, illegal. The government seized all those assets, knocked all those websites basically off. People lost a lot of money. Now, they were all being run. That book documents it from start to finish. It's straight flush. It's really good by uh, by uh, Ben Metzger. But Regardless, if you... He's an excellent author, by the way. He's done He's awesome, really right? Cool he's, the, he's the guy behind 21. He's written um, yep. something about the Russian uh, oil. Anyway, it, my point is, that was an industry that we were told the government was going to 
you know, essentially control or take over, and it never actually panned out. So here we are almost two decades later, and you don't have online poker uh, in any legal capacity because of things like this lawsuit that basically was holding everything up. Is it a federal issue? Is it a state issue? So one of the immediate things you're going to see is, you know, you're going to see poker sites basically returning here because this is a, it'll get pushed to the state level and states that have um, legalized gambling, specifically right now in our area, would be Maryland and limited in DC as well. Uh, but in Maryland, you're going to, you're going to immediately see, uh, you know, URLs that are licensed and documented to be owned by subsidiaries in Maryland pop right back up. This, that's a whole other submarket that no one's really talking about, but an immediate, immediate impact for uh, degenerates and gamblers alike. So I, I agree. I think what you're opening up to is to for degenerates to be to degenerate more. I, I honestly think that's part of the danger, right? Like now, I mean, the other part of it is that with everything that's legal, is there is you know you've got to watch out in this day and age of fake news and all this other stuff, of fake sites and and people just trying to take advantage of all that, right? Like there's a security issue, and that's why I hope I really do hope that once this does start, like that the leagues and the, and the, and the, the, the authorities, the government authorities, whether it be state or federal, whoever's going to to take control of this thing, um, that they really put in some real securities to protect people from themselves a little bit. Right. I think uh, people are adults. I get it. Um, but you know, um, the, there's nothing sadder than hearing people lose, uh, lose everything they have sitting on a computer, <laughs> just gambling away. Like, I mean, you could see in a baseball game people gambling on the next pitch. Like, think about it like that. Is he going to throw a curveball or a slider? And all of a sudden, right. it gets to that kind of that's 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 a level. Your boy Freddie's just sitting there smiling. Scary. Yeah, I mean, that would right? like, be exciting. Well, where do I so, where do uh, I sign let's, up? Let's, let's just put a bow <laughs> on it. And and let me just say, anytime I hear the word degenerates, no other four people come to mind than you four. Okay, so uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys being on. I'm sure we'll be covering that later. Uh, as uh, it, it continues on. So for uh, the doc, for Matt Demet, for Reality, for Joe, this is Steve. This is Defeating the Curse. Uh, hopefully we'll see you all soon. Uh, let's go, Caps. Have a great afternoon.